Welcome to Career Tools. This week, giving feedback about the hiring process. The questions this cast answers are, what do I do when I have issues with a hiring process? What do I do when a hiring process is unfair or unreasonable? And who do I complain to about a hiring process? This is going to be one of those casts where we're going to tell people what the world is really like and not what it should be like. Like Everybody thinks that they should be able to give feedback about things, including the hiring process they've just gone through, whether they were hired or not. And in theory, yes, you should be able to. But unfortunately, it usually falls on deaf ears and actually can harm you in the long run. Hiring processes are frustrating and capricious and unfair often, or at least seem to be unfair. They can be unreasonable. You can be asked to do lots of things that you don't think are reasonable in getting a job. When we know that something can be improved or when we feel like something can be improved, like there's this urge to say something about it. There's an urge to try and improve it, right? That's the human condition to always try and improve things. But if you're part of the hiring process on the candidate side, you're not going to be able to improve it. And we're going to explain why and what you can do. Mm-hmm. When you're in the hiring process, right, you, you don't really have enough skin in the game from their perspective to say anything. There's just really no reason for them to listen to you yet. And so we've got three points today, which are do not give feedback. Do not give feedback even when you're hired. And then finally, change it when you're hiring. So we'll start with do not give feedback. We're going to say do not give feedback as a candidate, right? When you're in the process, when you're somewhere between being, you know, submitting your resume and things like that, or getting an offer, accepting your offer, we do not give feedback. We also don't give it after we've been told we, we did not get the job. Neither of these are good times. Almost all of the processes around hiring feel unfair to the candidate. And there's also a lot of anxiety and concern and worry wrapped up in the process. It's an emotional process as well. So it's not just that the process isn't something we understand or that we feel is perfect, which most processes aren't. It's also that we've got a lot of energy and time, emotions invested in this process. And so it doesn't feel very fair to us. And that could be that could be the length of time it takes or the amount of communication you give or you get from the company and the hiring manager. It could be the timing of the interviews or maybe whether they're phone interviews or in-person interviews, things like that. It could just be the questions. Maybe you don't like the questions. It could be the presentation or the demonstration of the work that you're asked to do. I was once asked to give a PowerPoint about myself, but I wasn't told that I was going to be asked to do that. And so I didn't have a PowerPoint and that didn't feel very fair. Anything that you feel is unfair around the process, that's totally normal. A lot of candidates feel that way. They find the process frustrating and unfair and confusing, right? It's not clear to us the motives that could cause the process to be the way that it is. And so that's totally normal. It kind of reminds me of getting a mortgage and buying a house. Like that process felt like someone else had control. Someone else knew all the rules and I didn't know what the rules were. Someone else was making decisions about me based on information 
that they had about me, but that wasn't all the information that I could have given them. Um, it just felt like I was powerless in a routine that a lot of people understood and I didn't understand it. And that's kind of like how you feel when you're, when you're as a candidate about the hiring process. You know, everybody else seems to know what's going on. They're making judgments on you based on your resume and to maybe one interview. Uh, they have this set of rules and you don't know what the rules are. And it just turns into this thing that feels so unfair a lot of the time. Yeah, we have like a lack of understanding and a lot invested. And so it feels really unfair to us. And it's, that's tough. It's totally normal. Yeah. And of course, when we say feedback, we could be thinking of positive feedback. We'd love to be thinking of that. <laughs> yeah. But hardly anybody ever says, I want to give feedback about the hiring process and wants it to be positive. It's just one of those things you, you and I talked the other day about making comments when things are going well and, you know, supporting people by telling them, hey, I saw you did this and it went well and nobody else noticed because it was supposed to go well. And so nobody ever gives feedback about things that go well. So that's why we're thinking in this cast about negative feedback, because that's what everybody ends up thinking about. Candidates, right? They, they think, OK, well, I have these comments I'd like to make about the process. Hardly any of them are ever positive. If they were we probably wouldn't have to be giving this guidance because for that kind of stuff, people feel totally comfortable saying, oh, this went really well or things like that. But what happens is we get caught up as candidates in it. We think, okay, well, there's definitely ways this could be better. And they believe that candidates believe that the company wants to make the process better too. And so they want to give their their comments to the company. And again, our recommendation is that you do not. And what candidates are thinking is, well, if the company knew how bad it was, right, if they knew what a burden it is, they'd want to change it. They'd want it to be better and not so hard on, you know, really qualified candidates that they should be hiring. And that's true to some extent. Hiring managers don't want things to be a burden on the candidate, certainly. They don't want processes that are imperfect. And it's true, right, that if the process can be improved, it should be be. But think about all the other stuff that's going on when you're hiring. As a hiring manager, there are a lot of pressures and influences. Maybe the process takes a long time because you need a bunch of approval. Maybe previously a hiring manager hired someone and offered them a bunch of money and broke the pay scale. And then everyone on the team asked for raises because that hiring manager offered this really great candidate more money than anybody else. Maybe that's why there's a strict process. Maybe there's a strict process because you need to have a security clearance or you are dealing with medical records or there's all kinds of things going on there that could cause the hiring process to be clunky. It's not something either that people do very often, most places. And so if that's happening and it feels not very smooth to the candidate, there's two things going on there. There's the fact that it's kind of not intuitive to the person who's the candidate, right? They don't know all these things. And then there's also all the pressures and burdens on the hiring manager. Maybe they can't have the interview in the evening or early in the morning because they have children and they have to take those, their family to daycare or, you know, the babysitter and stuff like that. Maybe we're not getting information out of the company really quickly because 
they're unsure how to tell you that they hired someone else. That happens a lot. Hiring managers, you know, don't want to give feedback because they they just, you know, it's just between two people and I like this one better and I don't have a really good reason that I can tell you that it's hard for hiring managers. And we use this phrase a lot, don't let the perfect be the enemy of good of the good. And that applies to hiring processes too. From a hiring manager's point of view, it doesn't matter if the hiring process is imperfect, if it gets them the right candidate and they don't get into trouble with HR. That's the two things that they really care about. If the right person, the person that they feel would fit best into their team and has the right skills ends up working for them and they don't get into trouble, then that's then it, the, the process is good enough. And considering they maybe only do it once every two years, there's not a whole lot of impetus to improve it. The hiring manager has a department to run. He's got his own work to do. He's got current employees to care about and a family to get home to. And so they're doing their best in an imperfect world. And because of this, your feedback is almost certainly going to fall on deaf ears because the hiring manager is going to think, well, I know it could be better and I probably did this person a disservice. But right now, I just need someone in my team. And if I've got the right person in my team, it's good enough. It's like when you get someone new and they say something like, well, you could do this process differently. You could do this better if you did it this way. Somebody new comes into the team, right? And they're like, oh, we could change the process. It'd be a little, it'd be better. And the person who's been there for a while says, well, actually you can't because of these three things. It doesn't mean that the process couldn't be better or that people don't want it to change to be better. It means that they know why the recommendation works, won't work, right? Why your recommendation is not perfect for the process because there are other factors that you're just not aware of. And that leads to our next recommendation, which is even when you're hired, don't give feedback. Gosh, we're mean, aren't we? I know, we're always telling people what they can't do. <laughs> we are. So when you're hired, it can be... It can seem reasonable, right, to give feedback then about the hiring process. After all, they hired you. They must value your opinion. <laughs> like that, there's the logic. They hired me. They must know, need to know what I think or want to know what I think. But when you're hired, you have nothing. Think of it from the company's perspective. They made a commitment to you. They've arranged for you to get paid. They've got you a desk and a computer. They've told people you're coming. They get ready to train you. They've told the team, you know, are going to set time aside to show you the ropes. You know, people are going to take you to lunch. They've worked their project plan around having someone in the team. And all of this activity is based on a few conversations that you've had with them in the hiring process and hope. They hope that you are going to be the person they want you to be. And they have very little evidence that that is true. And so in the first few months, you're just building goodwill. You have no track record. What you did in your previous company doesn't matter because you're not there now. You're building relationships. Your relationships with the people that you're going to be working with for the next two years or three years or however long are really weak. And so you're building on them. They, they barely exist. And you have some knowledge, of course, because that's why they hired you, but not with these customers in this company, in these circumstances. And so you have very little, this very tiny pile of goodwill that's basically based on their hope that you're the right person. And if you give feedback about the hiring process, basically you're wiping away that goodwill. You're saying to them, hey, you, re you employed the right person, but you did it wrong. And nobody wants to hear that. 
Yeah, it doesn't seem very helpful, does it, when you put it that way? It's like, I, you, I, you are trusting me right now, but I'm going to poke you in the eye anyway. It's kind of like a first impression. You're there because you were hired, so, that, so you're meeting these people for the first time, right? You're just now starting out. And imagine if you first meet someone and they say, oh, well, you could really, you could really improve on things if you did X. First day, hey, I think you should wear something different. <laughs> exactly. You should do your hair differently. Why would I listen to you, right? I don't know you. I have no reason to think that you're the right person to give me advice about this. And so that's the same as it is here, right? To some extent, what we're saying is, hey, you've just been hired. You really don't want to give the wrong first impression by giving advice about something that maybe you don't know enough about. What you're going to say to them isn't really, it's not seen as helpful. It's seen as critical. And nobody wants that. You know, when you critique the, the process, the person you're telling it to, this person that you're trying to build a relationship with is going to defend their position. They're going to say, well, we do it this way because of X. And they're going to give you their really good reasons why. And so it's like, I would say, well, I wear my hair this way because I like it. (laughs) And you're not going to be seen as someone who's trying to make recommendations for the greater good, right? Even if we're talking about people who are being cynical, if we're thinking about the most cynical people amongst us, we would say, why would, why do you care? You're here, right? It clearly worked in your favor. (laughs) Why are you complaining? Yeah. Why are you whining? You don't want to give feedback in this situation. Think about the goodwill that you're building and don't use it up on this process. Just wait. The chances that something will happen as a result of your notes and your feedback and your critique of the process are practically zero. Think about all the people you'd have to influence in order to change the hiring process at any organization. Even people who have been at organizations for a while, we talk to hiring managers all the time who say things like, I don't feel like I can change the process. And they've been there five or 10 years. Why would you assume that your position and your relatively short tenure would influence that process? And if you think about it that way, then ask yourself, why would you damage the relationships that you're trying to build with something that has such a low chance of influencing the process, such a low chance of success? Why would you even go there? Yeah. You're going to need that small amount of goodwill that you've built in the first few weeks. You are going to need it for the times when you make mistakes, for the times when you're slow to complete something, the times when you accidentally snub someone, the times when you accidentally leave someone off an email distribution, or you send the email to the wrong person and something doesn't get done. There's all this stuff that happens in the first few months of us working in a job all these mistakes we make and everybody says it's all right it's just because they're new right and they let you off and you need that goodwill so that they'll let you off you should be building it not spending it so we've told you all the times when you're not allowed to (laughs) say anything and now we come to the time where it's appropriate for you to change the process and that is when you're hiring you can go about changing the process and influencing this influencing the hiring process when you're involved in hiring. Mark has a saying about what to do if you don't like the way that your boss, your manager is managing you. And it is get promoted twice. Get promoted to the boss's your boss's level and then again to her boss's level. And once you're there, once you're above your current boss, then you can tell them how to do their job. 
right? Because that's when you'll have the role power to do that. And similarly, if you want to change the hiring process, change it when you're a manager and you're hiring. We know from all the recommendations that we make and the feedback that we get from the people that listen that one manager can make a difference. One manager can manage in a different way to all of the others. And in some cases, it's a lonely furrow to to plow, right? You're the only manager doing one-on-ones of feedback. You're the only manager who hires in a certain way, in the way we recommend, hopefully. Um, You can be the only one and it can be lonely, but you can make a difference. As a manager, you set your own standards for the hiring process. You can adapt the company process to prevent all the slights that you felt as a candidate. You have the weight of authority when you're hiring that you did not have as a candidate or as a new hire. You have the ability to change things when you're the hiring manager. That's why you need to wait until then. Not only that, but by the time you've become the hiring manager, you probably have enough knowledge, enough institutional memory to make recommendations that are based on the process and and the values, right? There's Remember that even though some of it feels weird or feels inefficient, there's all kinds of ways that it might feel to a candidate, so I won't go down too far down that road. But even though it feels that way, even though it's kind of you're not certain why it's that way, there are probably reasons for large portions of that process being the way that it is. By the time you become the hiring manager, hopefully you'll have enough understanding of those whys to make decisions, make changes, make tweaks that will accommodate the whys and the points of the purpose or the points of the planning and process that are valuable while still making changes that can help to alleviate some of the burden on the candidate. And remember, it shouldn't be completely smooth for the candidate. There should be, you know, some stuff, some pressures, right? I mean, this is a big, it's a big process. It's important. If it feels inefficient or if there's stuff that we don't think is perfect, maybe some of that's wrapped up in our emotional response and our experience being stressful for us because of the process that we're in. So we need to be careful about that. And so as the manager, you can set the standards, you can adapt the process, and um, you can actually invest in this process and make it better. And even if you're not the hiring manager, you can do some of those things, right? Yeah, if there's anything that's within your purview to improve the hiring process, then do it. If your manager is hiring and you are part of the hiring process as his direct, um, and at We'll think of a candidate who comes into the city, he flies into the city the day before an interview. And you could say, well, we sent them the documentation, we told them which hotel, we told them where our office is. Why would I why would anyone need to communicate with them? And the answer is you don't need to. And that's what many hiring processes would allow for. They would say the candidate has all the information they need and so no more communication is necessary. But like as the direct of a hiring manager, you could say, hey, I know that this person is flying in. I'll take it on myself to text them and make sure they arrive okay. I'll give them my cell number in case there's a delay in the morning. I'll make sure that they know who they're going to be meeting first thing in the morning. And all those things are thoughtful communications that we want as candidates. But often we forget when we're part of the hiring process. And so as a manager who's hiring or as a director of a manager that's hiring, you can do those things without breaking the process. And those are simple things that really add a layer 
that make the candidate feel a lot better. And to be honest, the hiring manager should probably feel better about that too. I mean, there could, there's a chance that, you know, your candidate doesn't make it or something happens in the interim, things like that. I once flew to an interview. I had gotten some like poison ivy on my foot the week before. And I had, I had to fly with my foot like propped up because it was so swollen. And so it took me twice as long to get from the airport to the hotel just because I was injured and tired and my foot was huge. It wouldn't even, in fact, it almost didn't fit in my dress shoes. And so I almost went to my interview in one tennis shoe and one dress shoe, but I will, I actually went in both dress shoes and it took me a really long time to get there. And so when they called me to say, have you made it? Are you okay? I wasn't at the hotel yet. And they were really worried. And I I had to tell them, no, actually, well, my foot's really swollen. I'm just really slow. But I got there and it was actually really nice to hear from them to make sure. Because things happen. Travel isn't always perfect. Things like that. And wouldn't it be nice to know that they made it or didn't? Right? Yes. And it's nice to be asked, right? It felt really great. I felt like they actually cared if I got there. (laughs) Yeah. And I think I specifically remember it too, because I was injured, right? So I was kind of more stressed than I would have been in general. So that extra layer of just having someone be kind, because that's a kindness. And that that's just something that makes the company you're working towards like being hired by feel a little more personal, a little more invested. So that's a really good thing. It's thoughtful. Yes, thoughtful matters. You might find when you attempt to change things that you come up against all of the constraints that the person who hired you came up against. All those things that made it difficult for the hiring manager to make it easy for you as a candidate might suddenly reveal themselves. And it might be that the process is bad from a hiring manager perspective as well, that I've I've worked in recruitment for a long time and I I know that hiring managers complain about process, hiring processes almost as much as candidates do. And so if there's if there's something that is bad in this process, the one thing you can do is communicate more. That will refer you to Horseman's Second Law, more communication is better. If the only thing you can change is to give candidates more information more often, your hiring process will be improved dramatically. It's something that's so simple that we can do and everybody can do it. And it doesn't really have anything to do with the process. It's something that you can do outside the process. There's probably not a rule that says you can't give them an extra phone call or two or some extra text messages as they travel or, you know, as you're invested or just checking in, you know, as the process moves on once a week, things like that. That's probably not written into the process. So you can still do that and make it easier for the candidate, make it feel better for the candidate without damaging the process or going outside of its purview, things like that. So it's just one of those things that's so easy to do, you know, no rules against it usually. So you can do that pretty simply too. And frustrating as it is, and we understand that it's frustrating, we've been candidates too. The only time to give feedback on the hiring process is when you're the manager doing the hiring. At any other time, your efforts are likely to fall on stony ground. It's sad and I wish it were different, but... The truth and the fact is that your feedback is unlikely to be listened to, however sincere you are. And your sincerity doesn't really come into it. 
unfortunately. Oh, your feedback will be seen as finger pointing and criticizing and it's just poking people in the eye that you don't need to. And if you're in a job search, you have better things to send, spend your energy on than giving feedback that won't be listened to. You know, you have a million things to do that you could be doing in order to get a job and this doesn't help you get a job. Thanks, Kate. Thanks, Wendy. Hope that was helpful. We'll see you next week.